Hey everyone, welcome to this new episode on the Lost and Found podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Stone. So as the episode title says, Save Our Children, January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention and Awareness Month, and Save Our Children was a hashtag that trended, well, specifically Save the Children, um, but Save Our Children was also a trending hashtag that encompassed and this fight. Um, I am a huge advocate and activist for Save the Children and for trafficking and everything that it consists of. Um, so I just felt called. I had to come out with this episode as soon as I knew, you know, as soon as we hit January and I was national slavery, um, awareness month. So I'm so excited to share my experiences and hopefully you guys get called to speak up and speak out and fight this fight for this pandemic. You know, there's, this is a pandemic too. People are being stolen and sold and taken away from their families, from their rights, from their livelihood, from freedom and taken into, I don't even want to call it a life. It is estimated to be 40.3 million people are in modern slavery today. 24.9 million of these people are trapped in forced labor, including sexual exploitation. 15.4 million people are forced into marriages. And all all the research that I talk about today is all gathered from Operation Underground Railroad or the International Labor Organization. So before I get more into um, OUR, which is Operation Underground Railroad, I'll be speaking about them a lot. I want to pull back and start from the beginning of why out of all of the, you know, horrible things going on in the world right now, why is this one, why do I feel called to this one specifically? Um, Obviously, I hate animal abuse, you know, world hunger, poverty, weather changes and the climate. There's so many things to be an activist for and to fight for. But this one has just always been in my life. And not in the way that you think. I, I let's start, let's I'll make that clear now. I have never been trafficked and I wasn't sold into slavery or had any experience with that. But in the early in my early life, my mom was such an influence on that for, for me, for me and my sisters. She would really bluntly talk to us about being stolen. You better not leave my sight because some man's going to come taking you. You will never see me again and like scare us. And I'm so thankful for that because there's so many children who are like, they're so trusting and naive to those things and they run off or you know how many times do we hear like oh the ice cream man or come get some candy okay and they leave with some random people 
And my mom was showed us Dateline. And I don't know if you remember this show with Chris Hansen, How to Catch a Predator. And she would show us these things and we would be scared. <laughs> and we would never leave her sight. And I am so thankful for that. So that was already instilled in my brain since then. And then I would, I would always know about, I would be so scared to even just walk across the street. I would make sure my mom's watching me. <laughs> I would be so scared. And I'm glad that I had that fear in me because then I would be alert. I would notice my surroundings because people, it's scary out there. And even till this day, we have to be that way. So many scary things are happening where women are being taken from shopping centers, from just walking to their cars. It's sad and it's scary at the world we live in. And I and I and we need to be bold and we need to have these conversations because we can't be naive. We can't be aloof. We can't be tr too trusting of people that we don't know, unfortunately. And we have to trust our intuition. We have to trust God when he's whispering in our ear to be careful. Because I think those that is the initial sense that can get us from those next scary steps of being abducted or taken. My next experience that I want to talk about is um, my going to Coachella in 2018. I went with my best friends and we had the most amazing time. <laughs> but an experience that I had was we would be walking out of once the festival was over. We were walking out of the festival and headed home. Our house, my best friend's family's house was not too far. So we decided to just walk instead of taking an Uber because the Uber lines are long, which that will help the story as well. And we would see these Suburbans, these big black cars, just telling, asking girls like, hey, we'll give you a ride home. Like, you know, just pay us cash. And, but what, think about it. When you've been at a music festival from the moment it opens, like, I don't remember, like 10, 9, till 11 or midnight, you're exhausted. You're walking, you're dancing, you're drinking, you're having the time of your life. So you just want to get home. You want to get to a shower. So you get desperate and you're like, hell yeah, let me, let's get in. Let's just pay this guy 40 bucks and, or whatever, however much it was and get in and go. But when we were offered, we were like, nah, this seems a little sketch. Like, no. And we just fell off about it. But when there was other girls who said yes, you, I just, I, the girls next to us, they were asked and they said, yes, girls, we didn't know. Like they, and I just had this feeling just pour over me like this heat wave like something's not right like I feel like once they get in that car they're gone and I remember and my friends were just like Amanda let's just go let's just keep walking like what are we gonna do and I, I remember turning around and I was just like don't get in that car and like yelled I just I had to say something because I think I would have always re regretted it and you know 
I don't know what happened. I don't really remember if they got into that car. And then as we were walking to back to the house, guys would be around the corner. Cars would be parked around the corners, like waiting. And I remember us like crossing the street, like, I don't know about that car. And we would walk, keep walking. And then that car would just be following us slowly, not too far, like far enough, but close enough to where you feel that they're following you. Guys, it was like you just feel that energy, like you feel that presence, you feel it. And I know we had angels around us. I know my guardian angels and God and our my light team were protecting us. All of our angels were protecting us. Because thank God, thank you, Jesus, that nothing happened to us, but that is out there. And so that's so that was just my personal experience. So I can't even imagine the 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 stuff that happens at these music festivals. That these, you know, they know these girls are are vulnerable and they're alone and they're drunk and they just want to get home. And you know, that's something that I definitely would want to work on in the future is getting better security, better system to get people safely back home more cops. I don't know, just something. I'm figuring it out. If you have an idea, message me. Let's figure it out because these pl- these music festivals are amazing. I'm a, such an advocate for going and having fun and and experiencing life, listening to your favorite artists with your friends and being in the Coachella Desert or wherever the festival you want to go to, but let's also be safe and let's make sure that the people who attend these vest- festivals make it safe home back to their families. Which leads me to my third wake-up call. What And depending on who you talk to, you this will be considered debunked or it will be considered a conspiracy theory, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to label it as, was the Wayfair incident at the beginning of 2020. Um, if you don't remember what this was, uh, somebody was looking, people were looking at, you know, on Wayfair, great company. People would buy, you know, great products for a low price, home goods. And somebody noticed a throw pillow for $10,000 and questioned it. Why is this small like accessory throw pillow ten thousand effing dollars? <laughs> and then they like researched a little bit more, and there was just like a name like Jane on it and numbers like Jane for a pillow. Like what? And for some reason, I don't know how, but they could, they were able to. And people are so smart, and then they're investigating and they're figuring it out, but. They were able to connect these pillows and the names and the numbers and locations of missing children on for, of children that are on the national missing database. And when I first heard about this, 
I immediately, even without doing my own research, but of course I eventually did. It's always important to do your own research. But I, something in me just felt like there's some truth to this. Like it, like sometimes you hear things like, ah, that's fake. Like, you know, you can just feel like that was made up by somebody. But for this one, it felt real. Like this sounds like a way where they're transporting kids to the elite or to anybody with money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what qualifies you. I don't know what allows you to be accepted into this kind of exchange. And once it this blew up, Wayfair was quiet. They just, well, they came out with like one bogus statement of, oh, we just made some error. We'll fix it. Thanks. So you can be one of the ones that thinks that this was debunked or it was a conspiracy theory. But I believe there is some truth to this. Maybe the way it was figured out wasn't figured out to the T, but I believe that this, there is some truth. And then after that happened, you know, I just started digging more and more things just started popping up and then I was following and that's how I started finding more trafficking websites and organizations and that's where I fell upon Operation Underground Railroad because once I was reading about all this, it just woke up that part in me, that child in me that my mom instilled the fear my Coachella experience and every other times when I've felt uncomfortable next to an unknown man, all of that just woke up and I said, I can't be quiet anymore. I just can't sit here and do nothing. I need to help the children. I need to stand up and be a voice for the voiceless. So I started following these Instagrams, which led me to other people who were putting together peaceful protests. I went to one in Temecula, where we were standing at this popular um, or a high traffic intersection, and we would stand at the corners and we would hold up signs and just bring build awareness, just wake people up, let them remind them that this is going on because everybody knows this is going on. But it's, it's like, what can you do? It's not like we can go out and let's all fly to, you know, these countries and go take these children and save them. Like, you know, yeah, that's dangerous and we're putting ourselves in danger. But we have, as a collective, we can wake people up and let the people who are doing this know that we aren't staying quiet anymore. We know what you are doing. And we are going to do something about it because these are God's children. These are our children. And we are not going to forget them. Oh, I'm getting a little emotional. Because this can happen to any one of us. This can happen to any one of our children.
So after the um, Temecula protests, I went to one here in San Diego. We met up at the San Diego, um, like down by the offices, the administration buildings. And then we protested there for a while. And then we went down and walked around downtown San Diego and protested a little bit. And I always, and I met people each time. And they were just, I heard their stories and was so inspired by them. I remember this girl told me that she had just got her daughter taken away because she got caught fighting with her boyfriend. Of course, I don't know the extent, but she's just like, I know my daughter is more safe with me than out there in the system because who knows what can happen to her. And then I got, oh, I got inspired again. I was like, yes, we got to change this system that like, we don't know where our children are going. Yes, sometimes these children are not safe at home, but some people actually make mistakes and they're a lot safer back at home with their mothers than they are out in these homes. I'm blanking on what those homes are called for children. Um, but yes, there's always stories. There's always an exception, but I like to believe that they're safer at home sometimes, you know, anyways. Um, I, then after that, I went to the Los Angeles, like Hollywood and Vine protests. And that was probably the biggest one that I went to. It was just the energy in the air. It was so magnificent. Any, like not, like, not like anything that I have experienced before. And I, we walked all over LA and my friends were with me and I was just, I took videos. And if you want to see these protests, I have videos up on up on my TikTok at my stone life. They're just, I can't wait to go to the next one. I've been looking and waiting for it. So if you ever hear about one and I will put them on my Instagram at my stone soul whenever I hear about them and you can always attend with me. But we got to do something, guys. We have to fight and stand up for these children because who else will? Hey, everyone. So I wanted to add in this episode a segment about air travel and the cause that it is within human trafficking. So I have a friend who is a flight attendant and the Association of Professional Flight Attendants sent them all an email so that they can read and they can understand and be aware of the signs of human trafficking. And she sent this to me and I was just called to speak about it because this isn't just in the community, which 
I want to call out parents and people who are who are in a atmosphere where children and young adults are involved because sex and labor trafficking are happening every day they're making human trafficking this it makes it makes human trafficking the second largest crime globally after drug trafficking can you believe that Traffickers often use the convenience of commercial aviation to transport victims. You could imagine using those little kids. This is my daughter. This is my granddaughter. Or even they use women. This is my daughter. Just taking her home. We had a nice vacation and we're coming home. Blah, blah, blah. That was shit. As safety professionals and aviation first visitors, the responsibility is that the airplane continue to grow and evolve. We are the eyes and the ears in the cabin, and we can often sense when something is not right. I love that part because, yes, we hold yourselves responsible. You are given this responsibility to notice when something is not right. And if you don't feel comfortable with the situation, well, then tell your, tell your advisor, tell your boss and let them tell somebody, please, because you don't know what life is going to be saved. So if you suspect human trafficking, please call the Department of Homeland Security tip line. And the number is 866-347-2423. Like I said from day one of this episode, that... I'm going to talk about deep topics. I'm going to talk about things that people aren't comfortable talking about. Conversations that need to be said and that people don't want to talk about. So thank you for being here. And let's make a difference in the world and let's save our children. So now we're at the part of this episode, which leads me to where I am now and the next step I took, which was um, I found Operation Underground Railroad on Instagram. And I just really, I think it just connected right away with their work. And they were found in December 2013 by Tim Ballard. 
Hold on, I'm just going to pull up something because I just want to make sure that I give you guys the right information. Okay, so since being founded in December 2013, I'm reading this from the Our Organization website, we have gathered the world's experts in extraction operations and in anti-child trafficking efforts to bring an end to child slavery. Ours ops team consists of former CIA, past and current law enforcement, and highly skilled operatives that lead coordination, coordinated identification and extraction efforts. These operations are always in conjunction with law enforcement throughout the world. Our victims are rescued, a comprehensive process involving justice for the perpetrators, perpetrators and recovery and rehabilitation for the survivors begins. It is time to private, for private citizens and organizations to rise up and help. It is our duty as a free and blessed people. So I just love that they go in there. There are these powerful, educated, and experienced, knowledgeable group of men and women who were tired of being in the military or the CIA or in cops and tired of seeing what was going on on their day-to-day -day job with children and trafficking. And they are coming together and saying, we got to put our skills together, put our heads together and do something about it. They are actually making sting operations and extracting these children, women and men out of slavery and out of the sexual exploitation and forced labor and forced marriages. Ugh, just gives me chills. Yes. This is our promise. To This is what their promise is, but it says our promise. Operation Underground Railroad promise. To the children we pray for daily. We say, your long night is coming to an end. Hold on, we are on our way. And to those captors and perpetrators, even you monsters who dare offend God's precious children, we declare to you, be afraid. We are coming for you. This organization is just so powerful and I just love their Christian affiliation and they are not scared. They are going to fight and fight and seek and pray for these children until they're back home to safety. So I joined in first by donating. I donate every month. And I also joined the fight and what I could do and started to become a volunteer and working on an internship there. I have a one-on-one -on -one with my, um, I started this over the pandemic, so I could never go in and I could never do anything in person, but I would FaceTime specifically with my um, supervisor and I worked on, I told her I was a communications major and I, you know, she um, put together some flyers to help build awareness 
and I would edit them for her and I would also gain that knowledge from those papers because what they try to do, of course, is, you know, get money and get people aware. And they, a huge thing was they wanted to get um, um, boards or like poster boards to put on the corner of high traffic streets in San Diego, California, where prostitutes are on the corner and, you know, they wanted to talk to the buildings, those popular buildings who are on those corners to kind of get involved and get them helping. Um, Another project that I'm working on is gathering a list of churches that we want to go out to and build, bring awareness to them about what's going on in the San Diego community and in the world. So I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to do what I can. I'm not no I'm not an ex-cop or CIA agent and can't go out on those staying operations, but I can do what I can and bring awareness and build awareness. So it brings me to a little situation that happened to me a few months back, um, probably around November 2020. I had activists, I mean, I had an Instagram at My Stone Life, which I had had since Instagram started, you know, back in what, like 2008 or something? Anyways, um, no, not that long ago. Anyways, <laughs> I, um, I had about almost 1,500 followers, and I had a post of me at the protests. I had videos. I would consistently post, you know, research and data about trafficking and just anything that inspired me that I wanted to share. I would post on my stories. I even had activists for hashtag save our children in my bio. Like it was a huge thing for me. And then all of a sudden, I logged into my Instagram and I was deleted. I couldn't go in there anymore. I couldn't access my account. And I automatically knew why. Automatically, I was like, what else? And a a friend of mine, and so I thought, I was like, I knew it was gone. And a friend of mine said, no, it might have just been hacked. Like, let me, I I know some people from Instagram. Let's send your account over to them and see what they can do. And I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm just being, you know, paranoid and yeah, let's send it over. So after a couple weeks, the girl emailed me back and said, yeah, sorry. It was because you were you broke policies and you were involved in a hate crime. <laughs> a hate crime and my and there's no way of retrieving this account back. I can try to get some of your content back, some pictures, but to actually get you my stone life and everything the way it was, like there's no possible way because I broke a hate crime policy. <laughs> and All of that work was gone, and that's fine. I've come to terms with it. Everything happens for a reason. It's part of my story. That's 
you know, it's part of my podcast now, part of this episode. But someone silenced me. And when you think about it, I'm technically, you know, air quotes, I'm a nobody. I'm not some famous person with millions of followers who was throwing out names and I was angry. Like, obviously, yes, I'm angry, but I never came off angry. I was just a regular person with 1,500 followers and I had a couple posts and I had hashtag save the children activist on my bio and they were like, nope, shut, shut her up. And that's what we're seeing today in the world. I have so many friends who are speaking about this and other things and they are being threatened to take down their Instagrams as well. And we even saw it with the president of the United States and they're quieting him down. We're seeing what they did to a president. And that's scary. Guys, just wake up a little bit. Look around. How easy it is for them to shut up. Shut us up. What are you what are they so scared of? What are they so scared of that for us to find out and for the world to uncover? I don't know, guys, but I had to come out with this episode and I am so thankful that I did. I'm so thankful that you are here and listening. And I pray and I hope that this speaks to you in some way. I will link Operation Underground Railroad website and a donation link if you want to donate to them and help the children. If you want to reach out to me and find out ways that you can be involved and what you want to do, because we are all called to something. And if this inspires you to just kind of figure out or wake up to an organization that you want to start helping for, maybe the local um, homeless shelter or help animal abuse, poverty, whatever, let's do it. We got to be bigger. We got to be better. We have to help others in any way that we can. I love you guys and let's be better, let's do better, and we're going to feel better. So thank you for joining me on this Lost and Found episode because we're all lost and want to be found. I'm your host, Amanda Stone. Thank you. Here's your weekly reminder. Thank you for being the person who is always there for others. You are so appreciated. Let's continue this journey together because we're all struggling and trying to figure out this life. So if I can speak to even one of you today and encourage you to be better, do better and feel better, then let's do this together from my home right here in San Diego to yours because we're all lost and want to be found. I'm your host, Amanda Stone, and this is the Lost and Found podcast. Until next time.
Don't forget to voice message me after this episode to let me know what you liked or what you want to hear next, or even just show some love. I would also appreciate a review. And of course, hit that subscribe button. You can also find me on Instagram at mystonesoul. I'd love to hear from you.